So we are doing chapter 30, a narration of stories about vows. Sri Sai Satcharita. My obeisance to Sri Ganesh, to Sri Saraswati, to Sri Guru Maharaj, to the family deity, to Sri Sita Ramachandra. My most humble obeisance. I bow in reverence to the most venerable Guru Sri Sai Nath. O merciful Sai, always affectionate that you are to your devotees. and the abode of kindness you who dispels the devotees fears of worldly life by your mere darshan and ward off their calamities to you i bow in obeisance o saina the most excellent among saints in the beginning you were without form or attributes but later being woven the thread of your devotees love and devotion you appeared endowed with form and attributes upliftment of the devotees has always been the inevitable mission of the saint and you are the acharya of all the saints it is therefore your inevitable mission too Those who hold fast to your feet will have all their sins destroyed. Their earlier influences, good and purifying, rise to the surface, and their path becomes clear and fearless. This line states something: the earlier influences. The earlier influences means that from our past life also we have a lot of influences, and in this life also we have influences. Influences clearly translates into what we call as our tendencies. we have everybody has got tendencies and tendencies are carry forward from our last life and this life also we acquire them okay so these tendencies are then removed see karma prarabdha karma can never be removed all right but old karma that is there which is basically sanchit can be removed your future karma can be curtailed present karma cannot be removed the first thing that gets removed is called the tendencies tendencies are those difficult things that we have to go through in our life we have certain tendencies get angry we get upset so many things are there that are going on some people have the tendency of drinking you know these are habit formations which are there all sorts of things you know we we, we may just want to wow um, okay maybe i have a tendency i have i like to watch movies good ones of course so those are called tendencies and i think my my gurudev must have told me you know okay let this be you can still watch so those are the earlier influences good and purifying some of them may be good some of them may be purifying also it does not really matter they rise to their surface and their path becomes clear and fearless even the brahmins from the holy places of pilgrimage remember your holy feet and come to recite the gayatri mantra with proper rites and rituals and to read potis and the puranas in your presence What do we of little strength and no purifying influences know of devotion? Yet even if others abandon us, Sai will never forsake us. He who receives this grace will enjoy power inconceivably great, the treasure of discriminating knowledge between the self and the non-self, and with that will come enlightenment. In the material world, the discrimination means we discriminate between good and bad. That means again in the United States there is a lot of discrimination against the black-skinned people. so that discrimination has nothing to do with this discrimination that is material worldly discrimination where you are discriminating against people against caste against religion against everything here the word discrimination in spiritual clearly translates into knowing the real from the unreal the only thing real in this entire universe is called god rest everything is unreal so whether you see let us say this entire world outside of you or you see your father your mother your brother your sister husband wife children your car your houses your this your that everything is unreal what is real god that is called discrimination so in spirituality the word discrimination takes a different meaning altogether knowing the real from the unreal 
so discriminating knowledge between the self and the non self the true thing that the real thing is called self and the rest of it is called non self and will that will come enlightenment the intense desire to hear the words from sai's lips makes the devotee go crazy and every word being firmly imprinted in their mind with great faith they seek the experience of the truth of his words Sainath knows very well the wishes of the devotees and satisfies them too. The devotees too experience fulfillment with these. O oh Sainath, come speedily to my rescue. I bow my head in entreaty at your feet, forgetting all my faults, reward of the worries and anxieties of the servant of yours. Thus distressed by the many calamities, the devotee who remains Sainath who remembers Sainath will find in him the one and the only solace to his anxious perturbed mind. In the line number 10 he says do ward of the worries and the anxieties of this servant of yours please understand the anxieties and the worries are not going to get warded off on the contrary they get double double or quits okay either you quit or you double the whole thing the reason is because the anxieties not about the material world where he, what happens over here is the anxieties are we are having about the material world material world anxieties are like i don't have any money i don't have this i don't have that where will i get this from where will i get that from these are our regular anxieties okay uh somebody is sick somebody is uh, you know fallen down something has happened somebody is same something to you so all these kinds of worries and tensions are there with us these anxieties are removed removed but other anxieties come in the anxiety is i want to know the self i want to know this i want to meet god where are you god how i want to meet you these are the anxieties that comes in a person and then at that time the tensions are every day you know it's it's already it's already you know late it's getting late i have to go for the satsang i can i log in 10 minutes earlier <laughs> see the anxiety see the sweetness of this to hear the naam to hear the name of the lord to visit those places where you can meet the lord to hear from people talking about him these are the things that come to us and believe me these are the things that will keep on adding to you and as you go along the path you will find that dispassion to the material world will happen passion to the spiritual world will take place detachment from the material world will happen and attachment to the material world takes to the uh, spiritual world takes place how does this happen we come to know that every relationship of ours is just fake you know it is there sometimes it is not there sometimes there isn't a single day when we don't fight there isn't a single time when we are not at all in a in a you know cross fire there is not a single day when i can say you know oh today is a very good day the moment you say the words out from your mouth one big machine gun ak47 starts firing from the and you say oh my peace is gone now and suddenly somebody will turn up over there when the whole the whole evening must have gone very nicely and in the even and the night you will get a phone call from your mother or somebody how are you and so you will wonder in night time why are you calling up what has happened and then some big story will come you know this one came to me today and she said like this to me and acha then what happened and then she said like this about you and this happened why are you getting into this and blah 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 and suddenly that 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 the thing that we had no you really wonder now where did that thing go so our day is finished so this happens you will find that it is never 
permanent. It is all up, down, up, down, up, down. Yes, it's very transient, and you can never say that it is permanent. So these kind of tensions keep on happening in our world. So perturbed mind is completely perturbed. Okay, so. <clears throat> This distress by the many calamities, the devotee remembers Sai Nath. Will find in him the one and only solace to his anxious, perturbed mind. It is Sai, the ocean of kindness, who bestowed favor on me by virtue of which alone I have been able to present this most auspicious book to the readers. Or else, what was my authority, and who would have taken upon himself this most difficult task? And when Sai himself takes the responsibility of his own work, what burden can be to me? Incidentally, I can tell you what burden it could be to him. Dabolkar's family. Was had become completely in penury, very poor, absolutely. Their grand, uh, um, should I say, uh, granddaughter-in-law, she would go to everybody's house, she would take the ladies' measurements, and she would stitch blouses and stuff like that. You know, blouses and what do you call that, gagra um, and all that, poor petticoats and all that, and. Uh, Her condition was in a very very bad condition. I can tell you that. Her son used to play with me. That means the great grandson of Dabolkar, the one who has written this book. He used to play with me, and I knew very well that they didn't have any money. Child used to come to our house and always, you know, he would come and eat in our house and all that. So please understand that even when Dabolkar is writing about this, these things actually do not work the way we think about it. So God is going to take me out of all this. He is going to give me a million dollars. Doesn't happen. On the contrary, He gives you only that much which is sufficient enough for you. The reason is because our mind always has to be locked onto that one thing which is called the divine. This is the reason. So, <clears throat> when Sainath, the Lord of Knowledge and the Destroyer of the Darkness of Ignorance, is there to illumine my speech. Why should I have any doubts? With total reliance to this all-merciful God, I did not experience even the slightest fatigue. By His grace, my heart's desire is satisfied. The service to the saint in the form of this book is really accumulated merit of my past births. And so blessed, so fortunate that I am, that you, O God, should have accepted this humble service from me. In the last chapter, you have heard how Sai, the compassionate one, instructed his devotees to give them visions of different types. Now, in the present chapter, also listen to the most interesting and the joyful tale of worshippers to the goddess Saptashringi. Saptashringi is a goddess which is approximately about 50 or 60 kilometers away from Shirdi. It is on the way going towards Pune. There is a very beautiful story of Saptashringi which is not there in this book, so I will tell you. The Saptashringi is a goddess which is a form of a Durga. <coughs> okay, and uh, there was this great Rakshasa. In the, in the this is the folklore, so I will tell you. The Rakshasa was there right in front of her, and what she did was she gave him a very solid, maybe a push or maybe a big box or something like that. He flew through the mountain right in front of this temple. Okay, and today also you can see there is a mountain in front of this temple. With a very big hole in the center, and I am not joking about it. <laughs> there is a very big hole in the center, and it is said that the that the that the, the Devi hurled him through that hole. <laughs> so, if you ever go to Saptashringi, you can see the goddess's chamatkar over there. It's a very powerful uh, deity. She's a very very powerful one. Any time when you have, uh, you can go and see it over there. Listen respectfully to this marvel of how gods and goddesses entrust their devotees to the care of saints. There are numerous stories of Maharaj, 
one more wonderful than the other listen attentively to this story which is worth listening to this is not just a story it's a drink of nectar it will bring you great satisfaction when also bring out size greatness and all pervasiveness the hypocritical and the logician should not go after these stories like whatever story i told you if a logician is sitting in front of me he will say that cannot be you see the hole might have been caused <laughs> and he will give me a logical explanation how the hole has been caused over there like today in the morning the question that was asked by uh, judas to jesus was how did the earth shake i mean how does the earthquake happen and jesus gives such a different explanation that you really wonder what is he talking about he is talking about something very 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 esoteric very very spiritual in nature whereas those who are listening to that will think oh he doesn't even know that is why he is speaking like this so these are the logicians who can come up with funny explanations if they want to because logic doesn't work in spiritual okay you have to understand why do things happen you try try your logic nothing is going to work now you will wonder ki you know suddenly out of the blue where did i get this money from where did this mail come from where did this person suddenly turn up you know you are not expecting anybody to turn up to help you and suddenly some person lands up over there and says oh i have come to do this and then you really wonder oh i didn't know about it come on come on let's sit and do it so this kind of very very strange things happen in the spiritual world and there is no logic involved if some logician is sitting over there he will say he will you work on probabilities factor i'm sure those who have done the you know <laughs> they know what is a probability factor okay so this is he will work on the probability factor so there is no logician in this world who can say this so hypocritical and the logician should not go after these stories what is needed here is not argument and counter counter argument but boundless profound love so you have to listen to the stories with love you have to leave all your logic and everything outside the door don't come with logic okay this cannot happen you know why because he was not there at that point in time Okay what are you talking about don't bother about all these things these are stories to be heard to to all others these stories will appear unreal this kalpataru of sai's leela is undoubtedly one that blossoms into fruits and flowers but only that devotee who is the powerful good fortune will be able to bring those flowers and fruits down from the tree listen or listen to the most sacred stories which are the chief amongst all the means for the spiritual seekers in the attainment of moksha and the most beneficial to all Drinking the nectar of Sai's story is an effort upliftment the dull-witted creatures. It is the solace of those engaged in the activities of the worldly life, and to the spiritual seekers, it is the means of attaining moksha. While presenting one story here, many other comes to mind. Hence, with great humility, Hemad calls upon the listeners to listen to them carefully. Narrating these stories one after the other in this manner, their interest and enjoyment of the leelas will grow. Those suffering in the forest fires of the worldly life will get comfort and satisfaction. such is the great power of sai in the village vani in nasik district there lived one kakaji vaidya who was the priest in the temple of the goddess there the name of the goddess was saptashrangi vani is the place i first went uh, to in uh, 1979 i think some of you all might not have been born during that point in time <laughs> or you might have been a few years a few months old something yeah the name of the goddess was saptashrangi The priest had become very restless in the mind being harassed by the many trials and tribulations of worldly life. When the wheel of fortune brings adversity the mind also begins to spin like a whirlpool. The body runs helter skelter arriving now a moment's peace. 
Owing to this, Kakaji became very sad at heart and going to the temple began entreating the goddess to have mercy on him and liberate him from worries and anxiety. He prayed for help with all his heart. The goddess too was pleased to see his devotion. The same night he had a vision. Listen all listeners to this marvel. Mother Shaprishungi, the goddess appeared in Kakaji's dream saying, Go to Baba and your mind will be- become calm and steady. With a great eager hope that the goddess will further clarify who this Baba was and where to find him, he waited. But at that moment, he suddenly opened his eyes. His desire to know remained unsatisfied and the dreaming state disappeared at once. Then Kakaji, using his own reason as to who this Baba could be that he had me- that she had mentioned, maybe Baba is Trambakeshwar. Trambakeshwar is uh, one of the uh, Shivalingas which are there in Nasik. From Nasik, about some 20 kilometers or maybe 15 kilometers outside of Nasik city, there is this place called Trambakeshwar. Tremba, tre, three means Tremba means three. Hmm? Now, this particular divinity that is there is one of those Jyotirlings that are there in India. You know, there are various Jyotirlings. I am sure you must have heard about it. This is one of the very, very powerful ones which is there at this particular river. There is a river which flows from there nearby, which is a, which is a branch of Godavari river. And there is a very beautiful uh, Tirthakstan over there. Again, the confluence of the three rivers, if you remember, no? People go and uh, then they do their shrad and other things. I am sure many people, uh, those who are Hindus will go and do that. So this particular place is also very famous. There also there is a Kumbha Mela that happens. It's a very famous place even for the Kumbha Mela. Okay, so that is Trimbakeshwar is close to Nasik. Kakaji resolved in his mind and he set out at once and took his darshan. Yet the restlessness of his mind would not go. At Trimbakeshwar, Kakaji spent 10 days but to the end he remained sad. His mind could not find peace of happiness. The restlessness would not leave the mind. His agitation would not disappear. Day after day, the disquiet, the anxiety grew. So Kakaji set out on the journey, uh, return journey. Daily he would bathe at, at dawn, recite the Rudra, repeatedly performing the Abhishek and the Shivli, of the Shivlinga. But his mind still remained restless. Again he went to the goddess's door, saying, "Why did you send me to Trimbakeshwar? Please make up my mind steady and peaceful at least now. Oh, spare me these journeys to and fro." Incidentally, just outside, outside this place, slightly further down, maybe 5 or 10 kilometers down, there is another beautiful place where the Pandavas, when they were in that Vanvas, you know, they had gone for Vanvas, they also stayed over there, in that place, there is a, um, there is, on top of the mountain, there are some caves, it is called Pandulini. So, it is always uh, these, uh, all the great sages, all the great people from the past, they would go to these kind of beautiful places and stay over there for quite some time so that they can get the darshan of the Lord over there and do some pujas and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the Sangam. In a piteous tone, he thus beseeched the goddess for help. The goddess appeared to him that night, saying in a vision, The Baba I mentioned is Sai Samarth of Shirdi. Why did you needlessly go to Trimbakeshwar? I do not understand. What is this Shirdi and how does one go there? I do not know who this Baba is, nor do I understand how this trip to Shirdi is going to come about. But he who is absorbed at the same speed and has in his heart a keen desire for his darshan, his wish will be fulfilled not only by the saint but by God himself. He who is a saint is also God Almighty. There is not even a slightest difference between the two or rather who consider them as separate is duality. Whereas, whereas saints are only one with God. I will go all by my own efforts for the saints darshan and thus fulfill my own desire. To say so is the only one's conceit and want. 
inconceivable indeed are the workings of the saint. Uh, we have the saying in the where they say uh, Muhammad and the mountain. If you remember, Muhammad has to go to the mountain. Mountain cannot come to the Muhammad. But in God's world, there is a very funny thing. You know, he he brings you to that place. It's basically it's called an invitation. You are being invited to come over there to the place. So you will find that this this thing happens in a very very strange manner. and we are going to listen to that without the saints really desiring it who can go to their darshan it is a wonderful how without their authority not a leaf in this world will move in the tree will move as the eagerness of for darshan as the faith and devotion so is the intensity of the blissful experience of that excellent devotee here kakaji was worried as to how he would go for sai's darshan while they arrived the guest from shirdi in search of his address and was thus guest Guest, as any ordinary person? Oh no! It was he who Baba liked better than anybody else, whose love for Baba defied comparisons, and anybody else's whose authority too was very great. His name was Madhurao, and Deshpande his vatan, who alone and no one else could coax Baba using fond, fond language. There would see the Deshpande, uh, the the surnames, which basically everybody used to have surnames. Surnames are the appendages to the names. Sir names are normally uh, after the village or the type of activity that you do suppose if you are a goldsmith then the goldsmith is the, is the surname that you will get suppose you come from a particular village like see our uh, my mother side the the surname is tendolkar tendolkar means coming from the village of tendoli there is a village called tendoli <laughs> yeah so tendoli is a village in uh, konkan so that is how the name Vengurlekar from Vengurla, Goikar, uh, whatever you know, all these names are there. So like that you have Nagpurkar. So all these names are there. So Madhura Deshpande, his Vatan. Vatan is the place where you come from. There would forever be loving disputes between them, and they addressed each other in a familiar way. For Madhura, Baba was an extra had extraordinary affection, as it was his own child, and such was the guest who had arrived at that very moment at Vani. When her child fell ill the mother had said to the goddess in supplication I commit this infant to your protection and care it is now up to you to preserve or destroy when my child recovers I will most certainly play place him on your feet after such a vow was made to the goddess the child did did recover and be he the vaidya the be he god himself once the purpose is served they are forgotten the vow is remembered only in the time of trouble and when it is thus remain unfulfilled there is a reason to fear See if we take any vow in front of any particular god, goddess, saint, sages, or whatever. Like say for example, you say go to a particular person and say, you know, I want to, I want this or something like that, and the person grants it to you. It is always better whatever that you have said. I want to give uh, that particular goddess something. So you have to go and fulfill that thing over there. It is very very important. Otherwise, it can cause a lot of problems. You will find there are a lot of numerous stories that we will come across this. There is another vow that the mother had made to the goddess. She was suffering from boils on both her breasts, and the pain was just unbearable. Oh mother, I prostrate before you in entreaty. If you will relieve me from the pain and suffering, I shall offer two silver breasts at your feet, waving them over you. The vow was still still remained unfulfilled, being postponed from time to time. That too, the mother now remembered at the time of her death. So she reminded Babya Madhavrao of this too, and taking from him a promise that he would fulfil it, she merged at the feet of the Hari, having become desireless. Further postponement followed. Days, months, years passed by. Madhavrao had forgotten all about it, and the vows remained unfulfilled. After thirty years had passed in this way, it so happened that an astrologer arrived at Shirdi in the course of the travel. He had a deep knowledge of astrology and could read the past, present, and the future. 
He had satisfied the curiosity of many and had received a wide acclaim. He had at once satisfied Srimantabutti and others by predicting their future. Bapaji, Madhavaraj's younger brother, also asked him to predict his future. When the astrologer told him that the goddess was displeased with him, he said, Your mother had asked your elder brother to fulfill the vows at the time of her death. But till today they have not been fulfilled and so the goddess is giving you trouble. When Madhavara came home, Bapaji told him the whole story. Madhavara at once got the sign. He called the goldsmith, got two silver breasts made for him, which he then took to the mosque. Prostrating before Baba, he placed these two breasts before him, saying, Please get these vows fulfilled from me. This is a very funny way of doing it. I mean, you are promising one person and you are giving somebody else. Think about it like this. एक एक लड़की को प्रॉमिस करता है दूसरे के साथ शादी करता है कैसा चलेगा इवन इन आवर रेगुलर लाइफ आल्सो वी कैट गिव प्रॉमिस टू वन एंड गिव समथिंग टू समबडी एल्स सो नेचुरली एंड यू विल से ना ओ यू आर दिस वन सिस्टर सो इट्स ओके बाय मी ऐसा नहीं चलता है सर सो हियर द डिफिकल्टी इज इफ यू प्रॉमिस समथिंग टू सम पर्टिकुलर डेट यू हैव टू फुलफिल दैट ओवर देयर ओनली इट इज इंपॉर्टेंट राइट सो व्हाट ही सेज टू बाबा प्लीज गेट दिस वाउस फुलफिल्ड फ्रॉम मी Baba replied go to Saptashtangi temple and with your own hands offer this finely wrought dress which are for her at her feet such being baba's insistence and the inclination of madhavara's mind also became the same he left home resolved to go for darshan he took baba's darshan praying for his blessings and taking baba's udhi prasad set out with the permission he arrived at saptashtangi and began to began the search for his family priest as luck would have it it was kakaji's house that he reached quite effortlessly Here was Kakaji most eager for Baba's darshan, and just then this meeting with Madhavara also came about. Was this any commonplace happening? Commonplace happening that reminds me of that very beautiful story of Tulsapur. I'm sure you all will remember Tulsapur. Uh, the door is closed. You can't go over there. Everything is shut down. We were told right at the outside, but we had such a beautiful darshan of Ma over there. Tulsapur is a place where Shivaji Maharaj had cut his offering it to the goddess. Yes, Bhavani, Tulsa Bhavani, as we call her, and uh, <clears throat> he was fighting with the Mughals at that time. Uh, Ma Bhavani over there, he had promised her that I will offer you my blood. So what he does, he, he takes his uh, uh, sword and cuts off his finger and offers it to the Ma over there. The Ma gets pleased and she stands in front of him and she offers a very beautiful sword to him. and that is called the tulsa bhavani sword which was offered to shivaji maharaj at that point in time so we had also gone over there and we had also found this very funny incident where everybody said everything is closed you can't do this you can't do that again after that we were supposed to have dinner and the dinner and all that you know if you remember so it was a very beautiful evening there Kakaji then inquired who he was from where he had come etc and when he learned that Madhara had come from Shirdi itself he joined you no bounds both jumped at the remarkable coincidence in this way pleased at heart they both completed the rituals of fulfilling the vows after which the priest set out for Shirdi the priest was very happy for this unexpected and the distinguished company as that of Madhara his attention was now fully directed to the journey to Shirdi as they returned after completing the rites and rituals of the vows they both quickly left for Shirdi full of love and eagerness of Sai's darshan The earlier state of eagerness and fondness of Kakaji's mind was matched with that haste with which they set out reaching soon. The banks of the river Godavari from where Shirdi is quite near. The priest made obeisances to Baba's feet, bathing them in the tears that flowed from his eyes. Happiness and peace restored to his mind by Baba's darshan, it was for this purpose that the goddess had appeared in the vision. The moment Kakaji set his eyes on Sai Samar, he experienced true joy. His heart's wishes were fulfilled. 
Kakaji thus filled with happiness on taking Sai's darshan, his heart was pleased. As Baba's grace was shown on him, showered on him, the mind became quite relieved of all the worry. The restless agitation ceased, and to his own great astonishment, and he exclaimed to himself, "Oh, what extraordinary lila is this!" Not a word he had spoken to me, nor asked me any questions. He did not even pronounce a benediction. It is just his darshan that has brought me so much joy. My restless doubting mind was calmed merely by his darshan, and I have attained a unique state of happiness. That is indeed the great significance of his darshan. His eyes were riveted on Baba's feet, holding the words captive, and as the ears listened to Baba's stories, the abounding glory could not be contained within. As the priest humbly surrendered to Baba with all faith and devotion, he experienced an inner bliss which made him forget the earlier restless agitation of the mind. In this way, Kakaji stayed on in Shirdi for twelve days, and in his mind, having become steady and peaceful, returned to Shruti. Dreams, in order to come true, must come at a particular time. Those at daybreak or forty-eight minutes before the breaking of the dawn are fruitful. Others are in vain. And these are called the early morning dreams that you get. This is the uh, break of the dawn you get in the dreams. You know, those are supposed to be true. Such is the general belief. But as for the dreams associated with Shirdi, whenever and whenever they come, they always come true. Such is the unfailing experience of the devotee. A short story in this context, I shall now narrate to the listeners. They will greatly be pleased and enthused to hear more. One day in the afternoon, Baba said to Dikshit, "Go to Rahata with a tonga and bring back Kushal Bhau, a devotee in in it." So many days have passed, and I felt a great desire to meet him. Tell him that Baba wants to meet you, and has therefore called you. Bowing respectfully to Baba's command, Dikshit went with the tonga. As soon as he met Kushal Bhau, he related the purpose of his visit. On hearing Baba's message, his surprise was great. He said, "I just got up from my sleep, and in my dream, Baba had given me the same command. Just now." As I was resting in my bed after the afternoon meal, as soon as I closed my eyes, Baba told me the same thing in my dream. He said to me, "Come to Shirdi right now." I also felt a strong desire to meet him. But what could I do? The horse was not here with me, so I sent my son to inform him so. But hardly had he crossed the village boundary when your tonga arrived. Dikshit jokingly remarked, "Yes, that is why Baba has sent me." Now, if you are coming, the tonga is ready outside. Very happily, he came to Shirdi with Dikshit. In short. Kushal Bhau came and uh, Baba's wish was satisfied. Seeing Baba's leela, Kushal Bhau was also overcome with emotion. Once, a Punjabi Brahman, Ramlal by name, who lived in Mumbai, had Baba's darshan in a dream. The knowledge of the outer and the inner world, which comes by the power of the elemental deities such as the sky, wind, sun, water, etc., this is the waking state. But when all the bodily organs are at rest, the imprints left on the mind during the waking state. Come alive and are revived in the form of whatever is worth receiving, and one who receives it. This is the characteristics of the dream. Ramlal's dream was extraordinary. He knew nothing of Baba's form or attributes. He had never had this darshan before. But Baba said to him, "Come to visit me." From his figure, he looked like a great saint, but he did not know where he lived. Ramlal woke up and fell into deep thought. He wanted to go, but knew no other place or his address. But he alone knew his own plan. Who had called him for darshan? On the same day in the afternoon while he was casually walking on the road he was startled to see a picture in the shop Ramlal felt it was the same figure that he had seen in the dream at once he began to make inquiries with the shopkeeper he examined the photograph carefully asking the shopkeeper who it is who is he where does he belong and only when Ramlal learned that this sai is in Shirdi was he satisfied other details he found out later Ramlal <coughs> then went to Shirdi and stayed on with Baba till the time of the nirvana 
to fulfill the wishes of the devotee to bring them to the darshan and thus satisfy the worldly and spiritual ends this and this alone was baba's heartfelt desire otherwise he himself was the satiated one always free from desire unselfish egoless and detached who has incarnated only to satisfy the wishes of the devotee he who is untouched by anger in whom envy would find no place who had not a care about filling his belly know that he is a real sadhu selfless love for all is the highest goal in life and he does not waste his words even for a moment except to speak about dharma in brief the real secret here is that is getting his own life written by me by actually holding my hand sai only wanted the devotees to be engrossed in remembering him therefore Himar always entreats the listeners humbly that they should listen to Sai Satcharit with faith and devotion. It will give them peace of mind. The addicts will lose interest and the attraction for their addictions. Instead, devotion for Sai will spring up, which will be free from their bondage of worldly life. Now, the next chapter will contain the story of the Sanyasi Vijayanand, who attained liberation at Sai's feet while in the way on the way to Manasarovar. Balram Mankar, a devotee who had given eternal rest in the same way, and the wishes of Nulkar and Megha <coughs> were fully satisfied by Saina. A ferocious animal like the tiger was given refuge at his feet. Such are the unfathomable working of Sai, to listen to which is a rare opportunity for joy and celebration. We'll be to all. Here ends the 30th chapter of Sri Sai Samarth Satcharita, called the narration of the stories about vows, etc., as inspired by the saints and the virtuous, and composed by the devotee Hemadpan. There is a mention of Manasarovar Lake over here. Manasarovar Lake is there in the Kailasha. And there are a number of lakes over there. The Manasarovar Lake is there. One is called the Rakshastha. Now, in, nobody goes for a bath over there because the Rakshasas were killed over there. Okay. There is a place where Parvati had taken the bath also. And in that bath, she was, she started having a very beautiful vision about her husband and her two uh, sakhis were there with her and she became so you know uh, engrossed in her own thinking that with the power of that energy that was there in her she started becoming black she started burning her body started burning and she became completely dark and this is a place where uh, Kali, the Swarup of Parvati, had taken a form and that is that extreme form of hers. So this Manasarovar lake is also there. Uh, in my case, what happened was one day I, I mean, I had not met Dipti Ben for a very long time and uh, she was supposed to go to Kailash and all those places. So. I think I met her six months or five or six months later and I, I asked her, Dipti Ben, have you bought anything for me? <laughs> what she had done is, she had a bottle of Dettol or something, a very tiny bottle of Savlon or Dettol or something like that. She had gone and dipped that bottle in all the lakes, all over the place and filled it up to the brim and she had bought it. It is amazing to see that the, the color of the water inside is pink, it's not white. It's not colorless, it is pink in color. I still have the bottle with me. Anytime when I am, you can see, you know, when, whenever you are on that side of the town, you can come and see. Also, there were some very beautiful pictures shot of Kailash and this Manasarovar Lake, which are very, very beautiful to see. So this ends our chapter over here. And if you have any questions, you can ask me.